0: It's time, it's time, time, time to get in the zone, time to
1: get in the zone
0: with the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane,
1: and Brian. What is up, everybody? This is Odyssey's 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast. I am the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train, Brian Rennick. I've got passenger number 69 over there, Zane Nakvi. Zane. It's a big game this weekend, man. I don't know about you, but this week has just dragged on as I eagerly await this matchup, this that 90s show matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. It's so big that the President of the United States has flown out to Santa Clara simply POTUS to watch. Is here. Yeah, is POTUS here. is here to watch this game. It's going to be big. How you feeling, man? Well, you know
0: what? He's here because the Niners are going to be making a trip to the White House at some point as well. He's just getting to know them a little bit because that's they're right. having him at their house and he's gonna have <laughs> them at his house, right? That's that's why he's it. here. So I love it. But man, I think that as a nineties or eighties, nineties kid, to me, this is just this is just too good, right? This is just one of those matchups that's just a classic NFL cornerstone franchise matchup, right? When you look at the NFL's cornerstone franchises, the Steelers, the Packers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, when whenever those teams get together and whenever those teams play, it's just there's just something magical that happens, right? Everybody pays more attention. Ticket prices as as we've been hearing for this game are through the roof after after, (laughs) They're unbelievable. (laughs) Because everybody knows everybody knows the matchup. Everybody knows what's at stake. Everybody knows that this will be a much tougher test for them than seattle was and that's not not to say that seattle was terrible because they were a much better team than i think what dallas faced in in tampa bay but sure this i would argue is the best team the 49ers have faced since they lost to kansas city so it's the best team that they faced during this during this winning streak i would say and it is the most complete team that they faced during the winning streak so this matchup to me is all about how Brock Purdy is going to handle that Dallas Cowboys defense. They don't, they don't defend the run. Well, they have obviously Micah Parsons. They have DeMarcus Lawrence. They have a, a really good defensive line that has multiple guys with 10 plus sacks. And this is one of those games where Kyle's going to have to get into his bag. And look, we finally have a quarterback where he can get into his bag, right? That's, yeah. that's the guy who's hype train Ron and, and they can finally do that. And he's been able to do that. Will they be able to put hanging out the 30 on Dallas? We'll see. But I think that I'm making my bold prediction to start the show. And I'm saying that a lot of the, the national pundits that are writing the 49ers off right now and criticizing Brock Purdy, which we'll get to later on in the show, a lot of these people, ESPN Radio and Chris Sims and everybody else who's been talking nonstop about the Cowboys and how impressive that win was against Tampa Bay, this isn't Tampa Bay. The 49ers are not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of national pundits will be shocked when they see how good the San Francisco 49ers are and how good Brock Purdy is come Sunday.
1: Well, it it cracks me up because, you know, you look at uh, what these Dallas fans are saying about this victory over Tampa Bay or even the the analysts, and you would think that that Tampa Bay was a 13-4 and juggernaut who, you know, Dallas went in and, and slayed this dragon. And, and then you look at it and you go, wait a second. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were eight and nine, right? They had a losing record. They're the yep. 25th highest scoring offense in the NFL with the goat at quarterback. And they just yeah. fired offensive coordinator and Cowboys fans and analysts are lapping up that victory. Like they, you know, they put up 31 on, you know, the best defense in the NFL. Well, newsflash uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not that good. So mm-hmm. you absolutely should have won that game. If you would have lost that game, we probably would have been making fun of you because yes. you had no yes. business losing that game. Yes. And so you 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 are actually facing a 13 and 4 juggernaut now in the San Francisco 49ers who have the sixth highest scoring offense in the NFL and are first in the NFL in points allowed and so hey great dak prescott the heck of a game on monday night not going to take any way, anything away from him um zane who who did the who did the 49ers play roughly i think like five weeks ago uh they they won that game 35 to 7 was it not those same tampa bay buccaneers
0: correct it was those same and brock, Purdy and brock Purdy's 30 on first
1: start just like, his first yeah and start. and, and and Purdy hung 35 on him. Mm-hmm. And our kicker made every night, so it was 35. <laughs> and we only gave up seven. And the Cowboys gave up 14. So, common opponent, 49ers had a, a much more impressive victory. Was it in the playoffs? No. I get that. But what was it? It was Brock Purdy's first career start. So, mm-hmm. again, this... The, this confidence that the Cowboys fans have seems to be uh, a little misplaced in my opinion. And that's not to say that the 49ers played a superior opponent. I would say they're relatively even, even though the Seahawks had a winning record. Um, you know, the, the talent disparity was was there, just like Dallas and Tampa Bay. So I'm not... I, I'm not giving Dallas credit for winning that game because they should have. So mm-hmm. now you come to a game with, with a team that is significantly better than the team you just beat. And so I'm not sure that that confidence is, is as high as, or is is I'm certain that that confidence is higher than it should be.
0: Yeah. That's not, that's not warranted at all. I, it just, I don't, Either way, I don't think this will be a blowout like it was against Seattle. I don't think that – the Cowboys are a good team, right? We have to respect that. They're number two in DVOA behind the 49ers, by the way. They're number two in DVOA. And you could argue that they're just as good as they were last year, and they were a very good team last year. The Mm -hmm. difference is the 49ers, I feel like, are a much better team than they were last year. They have, number one, a healthy quarterback, because remember Jimmy got hurt in that game, and after he got hurt, that's when Dallas started catching up. Yep. And number two, they have a quarterback who's, frankly, probably a better fit for the system as well. Brock mm-hmm. fits this, this system better than Jimmy does, and I think that that's not a discussion anymore. Right? That That's proven now. Yep. And the third thing is, is that they have the, the Niners have Christian McCaffrey this year, which is, yep. like we've been saying for weeks, the arguably the biggest pickup in the NFL this entire season and arguably the biggest midseason pickup in NFL history, depending on where the season goes for the 49ers. If they wrap this thing up and they end with the championship, you can make that case now we're getting sure. ahead of ourselves here right but but I think that what what the Cowboys fans don't realize here is that it's beyond Brock Purdy right it, it, he's been fantastic, but it's beyond him. they're getting their playmakers the ball Debo's getting his Kittle's getting his McCaffrey's getting his Aika's getting his. he's spreading the ball around to everybody. It's not just one one guy that's beating teams. The offensive line has been fantastic this year they've been they've been really good. And I think that all of those things put together, you don't see that unless you see 49ers games consistently, right? And I don't expect some other team to to watch Niners games all, all the time, right? It's just we'll see. We see this because this is our team. Granted, the Cowboys have a lot of a lot of firepower too, right? Pollard mm-hmm. is now their 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 primary back, and to me, that should have been done last year. And if they would have done that last year, they could have probably probably put up a better fight in that game. And you've got CD Lamb offense, Dap Prescott. Uh, for say what you want to say, uh, you know the game against the Commanders that he had was terrible, but he was really good. So it's not going to be a blowout. It'll be it'll be a tight game, and it'll be a tough game. Do I think Niners are win? Obviously, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, I when I was thinking about this game, right? You talk about outcomes of games, and and really to me, there's there's four true outcomes, right? Like in baseball, there's three true outcomes: It's strike out, a walk, or a home run, right? In, in football in, in a football game, I think there are four true outcomes. There's either a, you know a blowout, right? So again, if, if you're talking about teams that you root for, so in this instance, right there's four outcomes to this to this 49ers Dallas game. 49ers blow out Dallas, 49ers win in a close game against Dallas. Dallas wins in a close game against the 49ers, Dallas blows out the 49ers. I think there are three of those four, Possibilities uh are are valid, and I, I think one of them isn't. I could see a 49er blowout. I don't mm-hmm. think that will happen, but I could see it. I could see the 49ers winning a close game, I could see Dallas winning a close game. The one thing that I can't see that I don't think is e- even remotely possible is a Dallas blowout, and I think that speaks more to San Francisco than it does to Dallas. You know, you talked about spreading the ball around. Uh, I saw this today. Carlos Ramirez uh, tweeted this out. Uh, 17 different 49ers have scored at least one touchdown this season. 14 of them on offense and three on defense. There's been 14 players on the offensive side of the ball that have scored a touchdown for the 49ers. This is a well-balanced, potent offensive attack. And, And here's the thing. Last season, uh, our buddy Akash, who will be joining us in a little bit, he got called into a work meeting. So uh, don't don't think this is false advertisement. He will be here. Um, but he tweeted this out earlier today. I didn't remember this. Last year, when the 49ers went to Dallas to play the Cowboys, the Cowboys had the number one offense in DVOA, and they put up 17 points against a 49ers defense that is better this year they're better and so everyone wants to look at that game last year and so much going into this game different than it was last year that I don't even think we can look at last year as any kind of uh, way to predict what is going to happen because that game was in Dallas. That game was uh, without Christian McCaffrey. That game was with an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. That game was, you know, with Josh Norman and Ambry Thomas as our starting uh, cornerbacks. I got Josh Norman's name right this time. I didn't call him Josh Johnson. Um, so, so much Bosa of this got game... hurt. Remember,
0: Bosa was hurt in that game, too. He got the concussion. He only played yep. about half the game. He yeah. went out. And after that, Dallas's offense started rolling.
1: Yeah. So, so. Again, I I don't want to look to last season and say anything uh, about this season. All I can look to last season is to say this 49ers team is significantly better. And as Paulino Ramos says here, Dallas isn't anywhere better than they were last season. Mm-mm. Right? They're not better. At all. Mm-mm. They're pretty much the same, I would argue. Um, maybe the emergence of Tony Pollard makes them a little bit more dangerous offense, but here's the other thing here's the thing that I appreciate. And, and, you know, we'll get to the defensive side of the ball here in a little bit. Dak Prescott led the NFL in interceptions mm-hmm. and the 49ers defense led the NFL in interceptions. So the guy that loves to throw interceptions this season is going to face the team that loved, to get those interceptions this season. So that's the other thing. He clean game in Tampa Bay. Again, kudos to him. Tampa Bay's defense is nowhere near as good as this 49ers defense. So I'm confident that at least one time Dak is going to give the ball back to the 49ers. I'm confident in that. I I don't feel like that. That is a, a, a wild uh prediction but other things that you wanted to talk about so so let's let's look at this let's look at this game kind of let's start with Sorry, one thing, 49ers Ryan. offense one one thing here to,
0: to add to here, the the turnover the turnover idea so yeah um I was listening to 957 the game uh earlier today and by the way our our resident Brock Purdy captain of the Brock Purdy bandwagon was on 957 the game last <laughs> night so if he, if y'all haven't checked it out uh, Brian will tweet a, a link out to that later on uh, yeah. after we are done the show, but check it out. It was awesome. Uh, appreciate your name dropping me, Brian. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and um, I was listening to them today and they, they, they mentioned a stat where the 49ers when they are either even, or they are winning the turnover margin this year, they are 14 and 0, 14 <laughs> and 0 this year when they win the, when they're either even or are winning the turnover battle. When they're losing the turnover battle, they're 0-4. Mind you, all four of those losses came with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance as starter, right? Correct. So that that may not be as relevant to Brock Purdy. But that being said, the old adage in the NFL, if you win the turnover battle, you will probably win the game unless you are the LA Chargers who won the turnover battle 5 not oh my so long. Goodness. <laughs> oh my so goodness. So they'll have their chances against Dak Prescott. I agree. He, they'll have their chances. to. You just got to catch it. And... I'm okay with the close game. They've proven they can win close games. What I don't want is the is for the 49ers to get down big early and have to play like, catch up, right? We know that we know that they can. They did it against the Raiders, but the, the obviously the Cowboys are a much, much better team than the Raiders are, right? So yeah. keep it close and don't make any stupid mistakes. Brock's been pretty good with the ball. He had a couple of moments last week where he he almost gave it away. It's not a big deal, even if he throws one. But that being said, win the turnover battle, win the game. It's very simple.
1: So let's take a look at this game. Uh let's first look at 49ers offense versus the Cowboys defense. And so w- when you talk 49ers offense, you've got to start with with Brock Purdy, right? Um you know, the 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 dominant storyline at least in the second half of the NFL, uh to me the dominant storyline right now uh you know, the the rookie 7th round quarterback who is leading this This team that has uh, absolutely has a Super Bowl winning caliber roster. And I know one of the things to touch on, and and I'm going to let you go here, is uh, all of a sudden, really just this week, we've started to see a lot of criticism of Brock Purdy's game. And I know that you wanted to touch on that. So I'm going to give it to you. The floor is yours, Zane. Uh, What is going on here?
0: So a lot of the, the national media, and again, we don't expect these folks to understand really what's going on here because they'll cover this team for a few weeks out of the year. They don't, they're not like Matt Barrows and Matt Mayoko and Jennifer Lee Chan and, and all the other great writers who were here in, in the Bay area that cover the team on a day-to-day basis. They don't, they don't attend the practices. They don't, they don't see the progression from what, what Brock Purdy was at, at camp to what he is now and, and how he's ascended to what he is. The, outside world, I'll call them, just sees a a fun, cute little storyline of uh, a guy who is basically lightning in the bottle and won't be able to maintain this because he has XYZ tendencies. Now, the reason I think that's a bunch of hogwash is because we're talking about a seventh round rookie who had zero first team snaps before the second half of the season where he was thrust into the starting lineup against a then first place Miami Dolphins team, which was absolutely rolling after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. And what did he, what has he done? Uh, I don't know. He's only had the most successful re- season out of any rookie 49ers quarterback ever. And one of the s- most successful seasons of any rookie ever. And he, he became the first quarterback to throw three touchdowns and run for, run for another. He became the youngest quarterback to ever do that in the playoffs. So he is piling up historical numbers right now. And you can't ignore that. And we've heard, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan's system that allows receivers to run wide open oh, he's getting away with a lot that he's not going to be able to get away with uh, as we go further in the playoffs, according to Chris Sims. And to me, I just don't buy that. And that's not saying that I know more than a former NFL quarterback. That's me saying that it's not that simple, because if it were that simple, somebody would have stopped him by now. They've seen enough of him. They've seen half a season worth of games, essentially. And nobody's been able to stop him or even slow him down for that matter. People talk about the 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 struggle of the first half, quote unquote, that he had in the first playoff game. The ball was wet. He had several throws get away from him. He identified the proper read. He made the throw, and it got away from him. It's not a big deal. And he showed in the second half. Conditions got better. He got better. So I'm not I'm not at all concerned about that. What bothers me the most is they're taking away credit from a kid who's done the, done his homework, done the due diligence that his, that takes care of the ball. Do we hear the same criticism of Trevor Lawrence after he had a freaking four-pick game in the first half? Are people criticizing Trevor Lawrence like that? They're like, oh, hey, no, it's great. He won the game. He came back, and he won the, he won the game, so all of the first-half stats are irrelevant. No, they're not, because you can't just cherry-pick things and be like, oh, well, he did okay in the second half. No, it doesn't matter. Throughout the entirety of the game, even in the first half, Brock Purdy was fine. He was fine. He missed a couple of throws. Every quarterback misses throws. He didn't throw the ball to the other team. He didn't have a four-interception game. Didn't fumble it he was executing the offense they they piled up the most yards they had all season under him so yeah all of its criticism under about Brock Purdy all of this this back and forth of who's who's going to get more credit for this is it Kyle is it Purdy is it the receivers and running backs or who is it right none of that should matter because there have been several quarterbacks to go through this 49 er system and countless quarterbacks that has had before this that have run his system and very few there's there's been one th- there's been only one matt ryan who has run the system better and that was 2016. so yeah. they can take all of that and they can shove it because brock purdy <laughs> is doing a hell of a job right now and no no amount of criticism and quote unquote film study from people saying that he's making this, that, and that, the other mistake is going to take away from the fact that he is absolutely rolling and he is undefeated as a 49 starting quarterback up until this point and shows no signs of slowing down.
1: Well, and I think what irritates me is this this push to diminish what Purdy is doing because Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius, right? And it's like mm-hmm. okay. So the argument is, well, he, well, he's or I literally, there's probably been ten dudes on Twitter that have that have uh, been in my mention saying I could run that offense and do exactly what Brock Purdy is doing, and and that is such a disingenuous comment because it is born out of ignorance because mm-hmm. there have been plenty of quarterbacks that have put on the red and gold when Kyle was their play caller that has not been doing what Brock Purdy has been doing is he hitting Uh open receivers yes are they difficult throws no but let me tell you something if your quarterback is consistently and routinely being relied upon to make difficult throws aka throws into tight coverage or throws that are 25 30 yards down the field you know what your quarterback is he is a victim of a shitty offensive coordinator that's what he mm-hmm. is and so Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive coordinator Brock Purdy is running the offense the way that Kyle Shanahan drew it up Jimmy mm-hmm. Garoppolo couldn't run it that way in his limited sample size Trey Lance couldn't run it that way Nick mm-hmm. Mullins that way CJ Bethard couldn't run it that way Brian Hoyer couldn't run it that way. There have been Mm -hmm. five other guys that could just step into this offense and do what Purdy is doing and haven't done it. Mm -hmm. So at what point do you give credit to the kid for doing this? Because no one else has. And that's, what's irritating to me is yeah, anyone can do it. Well then why haven't they, why hasn't anyone else done it? Why hasn't anyone else run it this way except for Matt Ryan in 2016? So so these these comments, right, that try and diminish what he's doing, oh, he's throwing to open receivers, or oh, yeah, I'd be good too if all I had to do was, was you know, throw it five yards downfield. Brock Purdy is 17th in the NFL in completed air yards per reception. Do you know who that's better than? That's better than Jared Goff. Uh, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, and Kyler Murray. That's better than all those guys, right? Seventeenth. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about a dot average depth of target, uh, Brock Purdy's a dot is six point six yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' a dot is seven point two yards. Okay, is that wildly better? Absolutely not. Zane, do you know who led the NFL in yards from yards after the catch in 2020, 2021, and 2022? Debo? That'd be Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Patrick Mahomes led the NFL the past three seasons in yards from yards after the catch. Got it. Yards from yards after the
0: catch. I thought you meant just yards after the catch, right? (laughs) Yeah. Stop
1: it with this nonsense that, like, Purdy is just running this offense that is, that is idiot proof because it's not Mm -hmm. because we've seen plenty of people act like idiots behind or under center in this 49ers offense and, you know, get us nowhere. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually you've got to, you've got to give the kid his flowers because Mm -hmm. he's doing something that no one else that has strapped that helmet on for the 49ers has done. And you want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, once he had Christian McCaffrey, right? This offense was scoring 26 points a game with Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy. If you include that Seattle game, this is scoring 34 and a half points per game, eight and a half points more. That is not an accident. That Mm -hmm. is not a fluke that is a kid who is running this offense the way that the offensive genius wants him to and he's been incredible. And so I can see that our buddy Akash has joined us. We're going to we're going to let him jump in to this conversation. Akash, we are talking right now about what is going on with all these people criticizing Brock Purdy's play or diminishing his play because he plays within Kyle Shanahan's offense. What is your take on what Purdy has done and whether or not it is quote unquote impressive, if you will.
2: I just think it's his ability to operate the offense. And I don't understand why we always got to give credit to one to take away from someone else. I think Kyle Shanahan's doing a good job of drawing up plays. I think the 49ers are as talented as anyone on the offensive side of the ball. And Brock Purdy is finding the right players to hit at the right time. And ultimately, he's playing point guard. He's doing what he's asked to as well as he is, and he's creating out of structure. So I think you can kind of spread the credit around, and it doesn't need to be all at one on one player. And I think his draft status is probably skewing people's perception of what he's been doing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Brock Purdy was a first round pick. People will be losing this with how well he's playing right now. Yeah, dumb.
0: (laughs) It's it's unfortunate because the first round picks get so much more leeway. And I I feel like I've been picking on Trevor Lawrence because of his game, his first playoff game. And I feel bad because yeah, like that's kind of like my go to right now. But I feel like if to your point, Brian, if if he was drafted in the first round, there would be more leeway for him to make mistakes. But now because because he's a, a seventh round. Rookie and and so many people I guess feel like they quote unquote missed the the boat on that they they feel justified to be able to uh, criticize him as a result and I just think it's totally unfair. Well, thanks for joining us, Akash. Uh, Akash, uh, backstory: so Akash and I have known us uh, known each other for several years now. Um, you know when back when you were in Seattle and back when you had uh you know a thousand followers and not not the ten (laughs) thousand plus that you have now. Like Akash is is one of my good friends and. uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. For I know it's short notice, but thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really, uh, it's, it's awesome to have you.
2: No, man, appreciate you guys for having me. I know I did this with Brian and Al, and I think you missed you missed out last time, and then this time it looks like Al's out. So,
1: <laughs> oh, the one uh, constant, I'll come back baby, again. The one constant.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say Brian's the only one that uh, shows up every time. <laughs> right, he's he's like
0: Brock Purdy. He shows up every single time. Right. I'm the and- <laughs> I'm the new guy. I gotta
1: I gotta uh, prove my worth.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and and we kind of spent the first the first part of the show, Akash, talking about this matchup against Dallas and how it while it will be a a tougher test than what we had with Seattle, this is a game that the 49ers could and and probably should win because they feel it feels like the better team. And and I'm not I don't know if I'm alone in in feeling this way, but it seems like Dallas was the same team as they were last year for the most part, with the exception that Tony Pollard is now the, the focal point running the ball as opposed to Zeke Elliott. But I feel like it's one of those situations where they're almost the same. So do you feel the same way where they're – it's almost the same matchup, but with the exception that the Niners have kind of taken a a step up with the addition of Christian McCaffrey and
2: Purdy? Kind of, yeah. I think if we start, you know, on the 49ers' offensive side of the ball against the Cowboys' defense, I think the matchup there is along the offensive line and and the Cowboys' defensive line. I think that's where that matchup is going to be decided – Cowboys defensive line, second in adjusted sack rate. They're second in sacks. I mean, they have 54 this season. Obviously, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, they've just got a lot of talent. And the 49ers offensive line has done a pretty good job pass blocking this year. I think they're third in PFFs pass blocking efficiency. They've generally held up outside of a few Mike McGlinchey plays. And that's going to be the big test. Can they hold up long enough to give Brock Purdy enough time? Because if they do, I don't think the Cowboys secondary – can hang with what the 49ers have on the outside. Uh, I said the other day, the Cowboys are 32nd in DVOA defending wide receiver two. And I just think that's, it's going to be difficult for them to be able to stop Brandon. IU, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, the 49ers just have a lot more firepower on offense this season compared to last year. And the Cowboys defensively, it starts up front with that pass rush, just like it did last season. And if the 49ers offensive line can find a way to neutralize that, then I think, you know uh everything rolls from there i think the 49ers offense what they've had 37 in four straight games they've averaged i think like over 30 points since christian mccaffrey's arrived i think that i think they're gonna be hard to stop for any opponent so i i don't expect them to uh i don't expect dallas to have much success on that side of the ball i do think if we flip it over to dallas offense versus the 49ers defense there are some matchup advantages there i think The 49ers have had a leaky run defense here, right? They gave up a ton, not a lot of yards, but a lot of yards per carry to Josh Jacobs, obviously Kenneth Walker last week in the first half. And I think Tony Pollard, same thing. He's averaging over five yards per carry. He's had a ton of explosive runs. He's a home run hitter. And I think the emphasis is going to be able to stop Tony Pollard and force Dak Prescott to throw the ball. And it's going to start with that. And I think Dak obviously is coming off of a a solid game Uh, last week. It's probably as well as he's ever played played the season, I think. And so the question becomes, is that, you know, have they like turned a corner or is that just Dak playing, you know, a, a bad Tampa Bay Bucks defense who just looked like they were ready to go to Cancun. So we'll find okay. out. I think the 49ers defense has been more opportunistic as of late. I don't think they've been a shutdown over the last maybe month or so. It's been more of they've given up points, they've given up yards, but they've found ways to come up with key stops and key turnovers. That's going to be the case again. Obviously, Prescott leads the league in interceptions. Niners' defense leads the league in interceptions. I think a key turnover here or there could be just the difference in this game um, on both sides. But just like you you started off the question, I think these two teams are very similar to where they were last year. I think the 49ers are healthier, obviously a little bit more explosive on offense now, but
1: similar matchup, just kind of the reverse uh, at Levi's. Uh, before we before we look at that uh for Niners versus Dallas offense, the one thing I did want to say, throw out a prediction. Uh, I already threw it out on Twitter, but so here, um, last last matchup, Brandon and I put digs in a blender multiple times, um, and I fully expect that to happen again. Uh, so just like last year, Ayuk will put digs in a blender, but unlike last year. His quarterback is actually going to find him at least once when he does that. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not, that's not me throwing shade. People. I'm simply saying that there were, there, there was at least one time where if Jimmy Garoppolo would have just thrown the ball to Brandon Ayuk, they'd have gone up 30 to seven at that point and that game would have been over. So, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen again. I think, I think Ayuk is going to have a big game. Like you said, Akash, uh, Dallas struggles, uh, defending wide receiver two and, I mean technically that is Brandon Ayuk on this uh, on this team unless they're in 21 personnel with Debo in the backfield at which point Ayuk becomes wide receiver 1. But let's go ahead uh with with our time left uh let's look at the defensive side of the ball and I will say that I agree with you Akash the 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 run defense lately has been uh hasn't been as stout as it was earlier in the season. And so I think I think one of the one of the players that needs to step up and have a good game uh on Sunday is Javon Kinlaw. So I'm hoping to see a little bit more out of him because since he's been back, he's kind of been really I don't want to say non-existent, but he hasn't made an impact, much of an impact. And so um stopping the run is 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 huge. <laughs> Excuse me. I saw this uh, the other day, uh, Aaron Schatz of uh, Football Outsiders uh, tweeted this out. The 49ers defensive rank in DVOA by down and play. If it's first and a pass, they're first defending that. First, first down run, they're second. Second down pass, they're fourth. Second down run, they're third. Third down run, they're first. Third down pass, they are the 23rd ranked defense mm-hmm. in DVOA against third down passing. I think that is, to me, the biggest concern. And it's been a concern all season. Um, and anecdotally, it kind of felt that way, right? Like when you're watching the games, you're like, man, it really seems like they're giving up uh, some some big plays on third down. And then obviously the numbers bear that out. And so, uh, Akash, I'm going to ask you, what, what do you think is kind of the root of that problem? And is that something that you think they can uh, kind of either fix or overcome for this game and then hopefully moving forward.
2: It's weird because they're talked about as kind of the number one defense and and rightfully so most advanced metrics kind of have them at the top, but even, even then they do have some fatal weaknesses. One of them being just defending third down passes and even just passes beyond 16 air yards. It's just struggle to cover receivers down the field. And as of late, it feels like they've been taken advantage by some of these high-end wide receivers, whether that's Devontae Adams a few weeks ago, um, whether that was DK Metcalf last week. Again, they have C.D. Lamb coming up on Sunday. And it's just, you know, Mooney Ward has been an excellent signing. He's an upgrade over anything that the 49ers have had at corner since Richard Sherman. But I don't know if he's been truly elite lockdown, you know, on the elite all-pro level type corner, right? He's been, he's been beat a couple times. And then on the other side, diameter Lenore, same thing. It seems like he's always kind of in position, but he's given up a lot of plays at the catch point. He played well last week, but kind of going into that game, he had a lot of pressure on him. And then Talanoa Hufanga as well, right? He's been responsible for a few coverage busts. And I just think their secondary is a little bit more opportunistic than they are sound down in, down out. Like this year, I think they're more liable to get – like they're more prone to get turnovers and interceptions – compared to last year's defense, but I'd say last year's secondary is probably more f- like fundamentally sound, so they weren't giving up as many of these big plays on third down, and I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. I don't know if it's a fixable problem. Um, I think it's more can they find a way to work around it because ultimately it's been something that's happened kind of all season long. They've given up these back-breaking third and longs, and I don't know if there's necessarily a magic fix at this point in the season.
0: Yeah. And you bring up a good point. Like it's just, you, you can't fix things like that. This, this late in the season, you just, you just hope you, you hope that your team can defend in that situation. And and I think that a lot of it's predicated by the pass rush. And if, if Dak Prescott has a clean pocket, he's going to pick them apart. And that's, that's true for most NFL quarterbacks that are at Dak Prescott's level. Like he's, he's not a bum. And, and despite the criticism that he takes, he's, he's absolutely, in my opinion, a top 10 quarterback. And, when you give him time, he will pick you apart. And my hope is that he gets the ball out of his hands so quickly that those third and longs don't matter that he's, he's so concerned with the rush and McCarthy's So concerned with, with the rush getting there that they just want the ball out of his hands, irrespective of what the down and distance is. And at that point that the 49ers are, are one of the best tackling teams, if not the best tackling teams in the NFL, Mooney Ward is the best tackling corner in the NFL statistically. So that is, that plays into their advantage. And at some point, one of those balls will be tipped. They'll jump a route. Anything can happen at that point. And I think that that's what they're hoping for. Uh, one of the things that was pointed out earlier this year on a broadcast was the, the bend, but don't break nature of the 49ers defense. And it's, it's almost like they're okay with death by a thousand paper cuts because that gives their defense more opportunities to get the ball. Remember Absolutely. against Seattle, Seattle was kind of matriculating the ball down the field very methodically. And they took several, they took almost 10 plays to get it down in the Niners red zone. And all of a sudden they come up with that huge strip sack and Bosa gets a recovery and the entire game changes after that. So I think that that's why another reason why we're seeing a lot of turnovers is because the offense has more opportunities with the ball and they to turn it over. But if they can't get pressure on Prescott, like he he had a clean pocket. If If you guys saw that, that game against Tampa Bay, they didn't get any pressure on him at all. Like he was, he was not bothered at all he had all the time in the world to go find receivers and run the ball. And it was just, like you said, Atashi. they were, Tampa Bay was ready to go on vacation. It's not going to be the case this week, but they cannot let their guard down. And right now Dallas is playing really well. I mean, for the most part, I mean, they've, they've lost three out of the last five games, but that offense last week they played really well. So you're hoping that you get the lost three out of the last five games, Dallas, and not the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I mean this. This defense is predicated upon the pass rush, right? That's it's the entire philosophy. It's how it's built. That's where all the resources are, right? Is is on that line, and so this defense lives and dies by the pass rush and getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and and they play zone on the back end because zone is difficult to defeat if if you've got to get rid of the ball quickly. Either that or it sets it up for your tacklers to come downfield and and hit and, and take those runners out. So, I mean, every game you could argue this 49ers defense is going to do well if blank, and that blank is if they can get pressure on the quarterback. And if they can't, it could be a, a long day. And so I think that's the biggest the biggest matchup. Uh, I'm going to put you guys on the spot here real quick before we get to our score predictions. And I'm going to ask on either side of the ball, I want you to choose one player, right? Where you think that at the end of this game, when the 49ers, if the 49ers win this game, we're going to point to it on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball and say this, the blank game, right? This is this player game. This is the, this player game. Who do you think on both sides of the ball is going to be the biggest difference maker uh, in a 49ers victory.
2: I can go first here. I think offensively, I think it's going to be a Debo Samuel game. I just think he turns into an absolute war daddy in these playoff games. I mean, we saw what he did last season in the postseason. We saw what he did last week. It just seems like when the lights get a little brighter, when the stage gets a little bigger, Debo Samuel turns it up to a whole nother level. And it felt like right after that Jonathan Abram play, it's like the entire team fed off of that. And I expect Debo Yeah, including Kyle Shanahan. And yeah. I, I just think Debo Samuel on offense is just kind of the, uh, the catalyst, even though McCaffrey's been playing so well. They started to use Debo Samuel a little bit more in the backfield. He looks a lot healthier coming off that injury. He's had a couple games removed from it. So I just think he's going to be – he's kind of the engine – right now. And I think he's going to be the one when we look back after this week and be like, damn, he had X amount of yards. He had this huge game changing play. Um, So I think Debo's on offense and I think defensively, it all starts with the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, who actually had no pressures last week, no sacks. He was held off. He was really held off the stat sheet. Um, And so I just think he's due for a big game. I just think he's going to be challenged on Saturday night by Kyle Shanahan I'm sure he's going to poke and prod him by saying, you know, Micah Parsons might be playing better than you right now. You know, Micah Parsons did this, this, and this last week. You know, you didn't do anything. And I, I I want to say that Nick Bosa on this big stage is going to want to make a statement. He's going to want to play better than Parsons. He's going to want to come up with some sacks. And I think he's just going to continue that. So I think we're going to look back and be and say this is the 2019 draft game where Debo on offense and Bosa on defense.
1: I love it. I agree with you. I think Bosa's coming out in this game uh, with his hair on fire because he wants everyone to recognize that he is the defensive player of the year, and it's not Micah Parsons. And I I think it's his entire goal to outplay that guy the whole game. I love it. I love it. Go ahead, Zane.
0: I'm going to say offensively, I'm going to go with the obvious one, Christian McCaffrey. And I think that no pass-rushing defender likes being run at. They ran at Micah Parsons last year. They're going to do it again this year. They hate 100%. defending the run. They hate when they have big offensive linemen pulling and and guards and, and tackles double teaming them and having to defend the run because they like getting after the quarterback. The, the best way to take a pass rusher out of a football game is to run at him. They did it last year successfully, and they're going to do it again this year. This is a game where Kyle should not hesitate to run the ball 40 times. Cowboys were twenty second against the run this year, right? And the, and people say that those stats can be misleading, but that's that's it is what it is, right? You are what you are at this point. They've got several running backs that can tote the ball that they can trust, but Christian McCaffrey dual threat, it sets up the play action if they can run well, and that opens things up for guys like Debo and Kittle and Ayuk. I think Ayuk's going to have a much bigger game and impact than he did last week. He did have he did have seventy yards last week and the, the drop touchdown, obviously, but I feel like he's going to have a huge game as well. And this is going to be a game where it's going to be a slobber knocker. It's going to be one in the trenches. <laughs> and I can see Kyle running the ball 30 plus times, 40 times if he has to, with, with all of the running backs, right? With Eli Mitchell and Mason as well, in addition to McCaffrey. So that's why I think it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey game on offense. And on defense, man, I, this guy is always around the ball. And when you're talking turnovers, you're talking Dre Greenlaw and forcing turnovers recovering fumbles just all over the place, just a heat-seeking muscle. And I think that this will be a Dre Greenlaw game because he will be able to get his hands on a couple of Dak Prescott passes. He's going to be getting rid of the ball quick, and that means that he's not being, he's not going to be throwing it to the third level where the safeties are and where the, the corners are covering, and probably be over the middle of the field. And uh, I feel like Dre Greenlaw is going to come up with a couple of turnovers.
2: Nice. O- Offensively, I, like offensive, I was going to say... I think sometimes when in these playoff games, I think Kyle Shanahan likes to establish the physicality and just a matter of toughness. And we're about to find out how tough this Cowboys team is. They talk tough, Mm -hmm. but I know that the Niners are tough. When these games get to January and February, I know they want to just run the ball down your throat and there's no better way to test Micah Parsons and that defensive line. Um, You know, you just run right at him and see if they can stop it. I think, I think you're on to something there when I, when
1: you say that they're going to run right at eleven, yep. Yeah, I like it. I uh, <clears throat> when I thought of this question, um, I did have two two players in mind. Um, Zane took my one on defense, uh, but my I, I I in my heart of hearts, I think this is the Brandon Ayuk game. I think this is the game that establishes Brandon Ayuk on the national stage. Um, I think he's one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. I think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, somebody, uh, tweeted out, uh, earlier today, uh, asking, uh, who would you, if you were a cornerback, who would you rather cover or Debo Samuel? And I quote to you that. And I said, I would rather cover Debo Samuel, right? Uh, Brandon Ayuk is an elite route runner. But if I, if we're talking tackling, I'd rather tackle Ayuk as Debo Samuel is a bowling ball with knives, right? Like that is their game, right? They're totally different games, but they they fit within this offense perfectly, but I think, like I said, Brandon Ayuk was open a lot against the Cowboys last uh, last ge- or last year in that playoff game, and I think he will get open a lot again this this game. But like I said, he has uh, a quarterback who looks for him. Uh, not only will he look down look for Brandon Ayuk as well. So I think this is uh, the Brandon Ayuk game. Uh, I see someone in the chat. Don't forget George. No one forgets George. George is George. George George. will always have an impact on the game, whether it be uh, catching touchdowns or whether it be planting dudes in the dirt in the run game. George will, George will have a game. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on the defensive side, uh, Akash took uh, someone on the defensive line. Zane, you took someone in the linebacking core. So I'm going to go at the third level and I'm going to say this is a Talano Hufanga game. I think Hufanga gets a turnover in this game. Uh, whether that be a forced fumble or whether that be an interception. Um, You know, I think if they have him a little bit in that robber role, I think that he could could bait Dak into at least one interception. Dak loves to throw interceptions. Jack Hammer tweeted out, Jack Hammer covers the 49ers for the Santa Rosa Press Democrat. He tweeted out today, uh, Dak Prescott has not gone back-to-back games without an interception this entire season. He did not throw one in Tampa Bay, so he is due. And I'm going to say that Talano Hufanga is at least one of those players that – that gets one. And so, uh, again, on offense, we're going to say this is the Brandon Iu game. And on defense, we're going to say this is the game. Before we get on out of here, we need our score predictions. Zane, I'm going to give you the floor first. Who wins? What's the score? Niners win, and it's going to be it's going to be close. It's going to be
0: 30, 31-27. The Niners are going to win. And I will be doing the intro to the next podcast next week because it'll be Let's a big go. three podcast. I fully plan on it.
2: I will
1: be doing it. Gosh, how about you?
2: I think it's going to be a high-scoring shootout as well. I think both of these offenses are going to be able to move the ball down the field. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. I think there's going to be a turnover or two that will determine who wins this, and I think Dak Prescott is more liable to turn the ball over than Brock Purdy is. And I think this 49ers defense, which leads the NFL in takeaways, is just going to come up with a game-changing play at home at Levi Stadium that makes a difference in this game. I think the 49ers win 34-28, finish off the Cowboys two years in a row, and move on to the NFC title game.
1: I love it. Uh, I was on, uh, as Zane said earlier, I was on 95-7 the game last night. They asked me for a score prediction. I hadn't quite thought through it yet, so uh, I I think I rambled a little bit uh, when I answered that question. Uh, The one thing we didn't talk about was how well, Kyle Shanahan knows Dan Quinn and Dan Quinn's defense. Hmm. And I think that, that Kyle is licking his lips uh, excited about uh, exploiting Quinn's rules and, and throwing some stuff at Dan Quinn that he's probably never seen before. And I think there's going to be at least one play where it's a completely busted coverage because they don't know what to do because Shanahan and his formations have, have broken their rules. And so Uh, I'm going to stick with the score that I gave on the game last night. Uh, I do think it's close. Uh, Again, we talked about the outcomes of the game, Uh, you know, the four true outcomes, if you will, a 49ers blowout, close victory, a Cowboys close victory or a uh, blowout. And I don't think there's any any simulation that has the Cowboys with a blowout victory. And so I think this will be a close 49ers victory, final score. They keep that 30-point streak alive. And they win this game 30 to 26. So, Akash, before we get on out of here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, uh, where they can read your stuff, and uh, where they can hear you talking more 49s football.
2: Once again, appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, you can always check out my stuff at nowintervention.com or at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. Again, appreciate you guys, and we'll see what happens.
1: Awesome. Thanks, brother. Zane, why don't you lead us on out of here?
2: All right, so again, thank you very much to
0: Akash Navaratham for joining us again. For Brian Rennick and Akash, this is Zane Nappy on the Odyssey Network with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone The Huddle Podcast.
1: Peace. Go Niners. Niners on three! One, two, three! 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.